Gavin Newsom that will be taking place on September 14th. I've been trying to put aside the time to work on this, and since I received my mail-in ballot today, I figured I'd better do this sooner than later. Now before I get too deep into the why of this recall, I want to briefly touch on the timeline leading up to where we are now. Gavin Newsom was elected as governor of California on November 6th, 2018, in a landslide victory over Republican John H. Cox and assumed office on January 7, 2019. Over the course of his first two years in office, Governor Newsom has faced recall attempts six times. On June 10, 2020, Orrin Heatley began what would be the fifth recall campaign of these six, and the only one to succeed in making it to the ballot. From July 3, 2020 through March 11, 2021, the campaign made its way through eight individual signature reporting periods, culminating in a total of 21 million signatures submitted by March 17, 2021, the final deadline for signatures to be submitted. On May 5th, California Secretary of State Shirley Weber released the final report verifying 1,719,943 signatures, finalized to 1,719,900 on June 23rd. Around 400,000 of the petition signatures were invalidated. Newsom now faces a whopping 46 rivals for the governor's seat. But before any of these candidates can take Newsom's place, the first question on the ballot must be answered. Shall Gavin Newsom be recalled from the office of governor? If less than 50% of voters say yes, the vote is over and Newsom retains his position. However, if the majority of voters say yes, then his seat will be taken by one of those 46 candidates. Some of the more well-known candidates leading the polls right now include former gubernatorial rival Republican John Cox, YouTuber Kevin Paffrith, a Democrat, Republican radio host Larry Elder, and Republican Caitlyn Jenner. Now, we could get into the merits of some of these other candidates, but the field is so wide that at this point, the question for me is simply, should Gavin Newsom be recalled or not? Before we answer this question, let's talk about what issues brought about the recall in the first place. From the Declaration of Intent submitted by Orrin Heatley to Secretary of State Weber. The grounds for this recall are as follows. Governor Newsom has implemented laws which are detrimental to the citizens of this state and our way of life. Laws he endorsed favor foreign nationals in our country illegally over that of our own citizens. People in this state suffer the highest taxes in the nation, the highest homelessness rates, and the lowest quality of life as a result. He has imposed sanctuary state status and fails to enforce immigration laws. He unilaterally overruled the will of the people regarding the death penalty. He seeks to impose additional burdens on our state by the following. Removing the protections of Proposition 13, rationing our water use, increasing taxes and restricting parental rights. Having no other recourse, we the people have come together to take this action, remedy these misdeeds, and prevent further injustices. Okay, so there's a lot going on here. I could break down each point and analyze it, but let's face it, none of us wants to be here that long, and if you've made it this far in the video, 
you probably are fairly well informed on these matters already. And anyway, a discussion of Gavin Newsom's policies is not really what this discussion is about. While the summary given by Mr. Heatley is somewhat vague and presented in a slightly biased manner, what he says is basically true. This discussion is about the merits of the recall itself, both this recall specifically and the threshold for a recall that is required in the state of California. Having said that, I wanted to say just a few things on a few of these points here. The main thing I want to address, and it's important because it relates to the validity of the recall as a whole, is the idea of going against the will of the people. Case in point, the death penalty. He unilaterally overruled the will of the people regarding the death penalty. While it's true that Governor Newsom did enact a temporary statewide moratorium on executions until the matter could be placed before the voters, calling this overruling the will of the people might be a stretch. According to the Institute of Governmental Studies at the University of California, Berkeley, in its most recent statewide survey, when asked if the choice to repeal the death penalty was placed on the ballot, 44% of registered voters said they would vote yes to repeal, 35% would vote no, and 21% were undecided. In the same poll asking voters' opinion on Newsom's moratorium, 48 supported Newsom's actions, while 33 opposed and 19% had no opinion. Another point made by Orrin Heatley. Governor Newsom has implemented laws which are detrimental to the citizens of this state and our way of life. Laws he endorsed favor foreign nationals in our country illegally over that of our own citizens. While there are a myriad of potential pieces of legislation this could be referring to, I'll start off by saying if the claim is that Governor Newsom has enacted legislation that helps undocumented immigrants in California, then that claim is absolutely correct. However, the key point is whether these laws are detrimental to the citizens of this state and our way of life. Well, let's take a look at one such example, Medi-Cal. In 2019, Gavin Newsom signed a law letting undocumented immigrants up to the age of 26 sign up for Medi-Cal. And this year's budget covers those 50 and up. But is this legislation detrimental to the citizens of this state? Well, in addition to expanding Medi-Cal for undocumented immigrants, the new legislation also has removed barriers for low-income residents to qualify. Up until this year, anyone with more than $2,000 in their bank account at a given time failed the so-called asset test and couldn't qualify for coverage. Newsom's budget allocates an additional $105.7 million to help cover the extra expenses of eliminating the asset test. Additionally, this new legislation also extends how long women can stay on Medi-Cal post-pregnancy from 60 days to a year. This expansion will be in place for five years. Adds doula services for pregnant women as a benefit covered by Medi-Cal starting on January 1st, 2022, and removes expiration dates for, quote, optional benefits such as speech therapy, eyeglasses, and podiatry services that states are not required to cover. These benefits were eliminated during the Great Recession and restored in 2019, but have expiration dates. Now, you can agree with these measures or not, but the point here isn't about partisan politics, but rather if what Gavin Newsom has done goes against the will of the people, and whether his actions have been to the detriment of California citizens. Again, we could split hairs all day and go into more detail on Newsom's other pieces of legislation, but I wanted to address these two because they are prime examples of Newsom not overriding the will of the people 
and not creating legislation that favors non-citizens over citizens. And that brings us back around to the point in all this, the will of the people. The threshold required for creating a special election to potentially recall a sitting governor, particularly one who won in a historic landslide, taking 62% of the popular vote, the most in a California election since Earl Warren won re-election in 1950, is startlingly low. Newsom won with 7.7 million votes. His rival, John Cox, received 4.7 million votes in a losing effort. Now, with less than half the number that voted for his rival in 2018, Heatley and his crew are able to campaign a recall effort that will cost California taxpayers an estimated $267 million. In the middle of a global pandemic, Governor Newsom has made decisions that have been unpopular amongst some. But the hard choices he's made have been with the intention of curbing the threats of COVID-19 and finding our way back to normalcy. Another of Heatley's grievances, that Newsom is, quote, rationing our water use, demonstrates a lack of awareness of the dire situation in this state. 85% of the state is in extreme drought status. And additionally, we are, and have been for several years, in the middle of a horrific fire season. The fact of the matter is that the people spearheading this campaign, whether it be about water use or masks, simply care only about themselves and don't have a consideration for the greater good of society. And the fact that these recall efforts have been going on since the very beginning of Newsom's term in 2019 tells you something about the earnestness and good faith involved in the backers. Finally, I want to say one thing to progressives in my state. Please don't take this election for granted. If you feel like I do about the validity of this recall, if you agree that the threshold is way too low, please get out and vote on September 14th. If Newsom loses this recall effort, it won't be because the majority of Californians think he should. It will be because too few progressive, liberal, or Democratic voters took the threat of recall seriously enough. Huge backers and Trump supporters from the RNC are behind this effort. Don't take for granted that Newsom will prevail. We have elections every four years for a reason. We entrust our leaders to enact the will of the people, and all I've seen of Governor Newsom has been in line with what the majority who voted for him have expected. If it is time for him to be replaced, let it happen in 2022 in a fair election. Thank you.